Hey, hey, Star Wars fans, it's Gary here from Spark of Rebellion, and we would love for you to listen to all of our brand new episodes when they land every single Saturday. Make sure you follow us on your podcast app of choice or pop over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash listen. If you like the show and you want to support us, you can do that via our Patreon. Just head over to sparkofrebellion.com forward slash Patreon and come and join our other patrons. And thank you so much for your continued support. Now, may the force be with you and on to this week's Spark of Rebellion. Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to Spark of Rebellion, your weekly Star Wars podcast, bringing you the latest Star Wars news, reviews and discussion, and our random spotlight. Welcome to episode 30. It's great to be back in the hot seat behind the microphone talking Star Wars with you all. And uh, I've been away for the last couple of weeks, but holding the the show together, Pilot in the Falcon, uh, is the uh, irreplaceable what you can't say irreplaceable given that you replaced me when i was away i did a so i did a solo show you replaced me with nothing when that's how a, replaceable i am when you was away when i was away somebody just jumped in my grave like uber quickly do you want to tell people about that probably <laughs> tell the listener about that so i recorded last week with dj trev uh which which you you heard if you subscribe to the show of course only to realize that when i got back to my desk Kaz actually wasn't away <laughs> Yeah, this was brilliant. So I was away the week before last. I was out in the country. So I said to Mark, won't be here, dude. Do a solo show, I'll get someone on. He's like, yeah, cool, man. Got it covered. Came back the next week, or last week. Mess- yeah, as he said, messaged him, like, ready to rock and roll. He's like, oh, by the way, thought you were away. Got someone else on now. You have to wait till next week. I can't believe that. I feel terrible. And it was the, the, the funniest thing about it was that you messaged me like after we'd already recorded. So I, I, I couldn't even say, yeah, 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 come and join us. Just jump on. We're going to do like this watch party thing. So <laughs> when I, re- I said to Kieran, I was like, dude, I think guys are going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't even get organizing a guest right. Good God. Uh, dear, it's all fun and games. But the. Welcome uh, back, mate. The, <laughs> welcome back and all that. Every cloud. And all that. Uh, oh, the dear. good news is, I've been promoted. Uh, seriously, though, uh, it was good though. And the, the silver lining is that the DJ Trev that you got on last week to talk through the latest trailer and stuff. That was a really good show. Really good hearing you guys talk through all the details, um, having some bants and uh, and pausing it and going through every scene. It was very very cool. So. In a way, gutted that I wasn't on the show, obviously, but uh, very, very cool to listen to you guys going through the trailer. So yeah, the irreplaceable, Mr. Mark, how have you been, buddy? <laughs> uh, other than my admin, pretty good, dude. Started <laughs> reading the old uh, Star Wars comics, haven't I? I've seen your Goodreads uh, oh, man. reviews pop up. I was thinking, Christ, how many hours does this guy have in a day? That we Is there like some, some hours tucked away that we don't know about? Mate, honestly, don't get me started on Goodreads. So <laughs> this is how bad I am, <laughs> right? So I had a spreadsheet. Yeah, I had a spreadsheet, mate, for my books. Like I stopped using Goodreads a few years ago. I started started with a spreadsheet, and then I was like, "Why am I doing this? Goodreads exist." So I like got back on Goodreads yesterday and uploaded all of the books that I'd read since like the beginning of 2018, and then got all the comics. You know, got all the comics, 
and uh, just started reading. But I started to mark them as like trade, you know, like rather than saying, oh, I've read episode uh, issue 23. I'm like, nah, I should probably do it as like trade paperbacks. So at least it's not, <laughs> I'm not having to find it every single time, which has been quite cool, actually. It's been quite interesting to see. Uh, like, I think I'm getting more cynical with it. Like there was one that was terrible. I was like, this is definitely a one star. Definitely a one star. And I think I'm getting a bit, you know, where I'm like getting a bit grumpy like with it. Um, oh dear. So so that's that's been the week, dude, in Star Wars. What about you? Uh, other than reading your Goodreads reviews. Yeah, there's nothing else to read now. It's like I can't get to my own books. I'll go read this. Yeah, I've, I'm the same. I've come I've come to a bit of a, a point where I've read I've read the recent sort of bunch of Star Wars things that I wanted to read. Um, so before I move on to the next Star Wars book, which I think is, uh, I think it's the Alphabet Squadron book, is the next oh, on my list anyway. Nice. Um, yeah, I've just taken this time to go back and revisit some old uh, graphic novels and, and trade paperbacks, a similar way that you have, I think. Um, so there's been a couple of Star Wars. But I picked up the Vader series, the first two trade paperbacks mm-hmm. for that. Um, a few months back now, um, I wanted to give those a reread. I finished the the comic run for the uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, there, that oh, was is only, that good? I've not touched that yet. Yeah, it's okay. It's only a four shot thing um, in the run up to the game. It's um, mm. it focuses on Seri and her master um, uh, Cordova, and it's a bit like um, I think it tries its best to give you a bit of a backstory as to why the um, the Inquisitors are are hunting down Jedi's that you might not know about. So, you know that that's the whole point of these Jedi's in the game is like, you know, these uh, outliers uh, post Order sixty six. So they're, mm-hmm. they're not meant to be mainstream. But um, I thought we would get to see a bit more of Cal, the main character from the game. But it's not it's not focused on his era at all. It's the, like the run up to right. the start of the game essentially. So. It's okay. Um, it's just it just felt a little bit. It, it felt like it needed a lot more than just four issues because the the crux of the story is um, Seri and Cordova get separated when they're on this planet trying to play uh, sort of diplomatic peacekeepers, and you know crap goes down. She goes off. She kills a few of them. And then she goes off and uh, bands together with like the natives on the planet. Cordova ends up dealing with the people that are trying to get on the planet to get to this temple and so on. And uh, it's like this, there's a lot of stuff going on. It feels like four issues is very, um, very tight to get that story out there properly. So it's okay. It's a nice little read, I suppose, if you've got half an hour to just breeze through those comics, it's all right. But it, it won't, you won't remember it. Like this time next month, I'll be like, what, what happened in that Fallen Order mm. comic series? So. It's not too bad. It's um, but I find that's the thing with these little uh, mini comic episodes. You know, I think I think it's just the nature of the beast. Yeah, I agree, so. man. Because like it, it can't it can't be essential. Like, they can't mm. make it so that it's essential for the game. So by virtue of not being essential, it's it's basically optional and forgettable. I, I get that. It's a really fine line that they've got to tread with that. And I've actually found that with a lot of the um, a lot of the other stuff in the comic world. Generally, the comic world overall. But I've also found that, like with this, this the Star Wars stuff since 2015, you know, this new canon of Star Wars stuff. So the Star Wars run, some of the Doctor Aphra stuff, the Vader stuff, like some of them have been fantastically well done. 
and a lot of the character stuff is really, really good. And apparently the Charles Sewell one, I've not read this yet, but the one that's the Vader comic that's between Empire and Jedi apparently is even better. Uh, like, that's really, really well revered. I've just not touched it yet. But, like, then it, it, it sort of goes through extremes. Like, it's either absolutely fantastic or just pointless. Just crap. Mm-hmm. Just not worth even spending your time on. But you don't know until you're halfway through it. Exactly. Yeah. A bit hit a bit annoying. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's like, I understand that, but you, I don't know. It just feels weird. But the, the cool thing that I uh, spotted in the old Star Wars run was they did, uh, I don't know if you read them, but they did the, the journal of old Ben Kenobi where the, the, uh, Luke had found a journal. And oh, yeah. I just thought they were really badass, man. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cool. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how much of that plays into the old, uh, the Obi-Wan TV show as well. But anyway, that's, that's been the week. It's, uh, it's good to dig into some of the literature because that's probably all we're going to have for a while after, like you, said, like you said a couple of episodes ago, after Rise of Skywalker. It's probably going to be a bit of a gap. Yeah, and we'll come on to something related to that in the news on this uh, Lucasfilm get their act together mm, and mm. stop losing or firing people. <laughs> it's yeah, going to be quite a while. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I've done is uh, got my ticket sorted out for the Rise of Skywalker. They went on sale a week or so ago. And um, I didn't get the one for the Force Awakens. I managed to get into the BFI midnight show in, in London, which was very cool. Didn't manage to do that for the Last Jedi, but this one couldn't get into London, but have booked the midnight show in for Rise of Skywalker, which was really cool. The only show I could get in my local cinema is one of those showcase deluxe cinema things. They're very, very cool. The only ticket I could get, the single showing was sold out, but the other one was the triple bill. So. You are kidding me. Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and then into the Rise of Skywalker at midnight. It's going to be cool. Holy crap, dude. You've got some balls. I love that. Isn't that... They're the ones that are showing it like a little bit earlier than everywhere else because of that triple bill. Or was that in the US? That's the US, mate. Yeah. 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 So I think the the Rise of Skywalker is on like one minute past midnight. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be sweet, man. We got that. We got the the, the ticket as well, but we didn't didn't do the triple bill. I did a double bill with like Iron Man 3 and uh, the Avengers and Iron Man 3, and I was just like, this is not happening ever again. And I did it with uh, the Dark Knight and Batman Begins and then Watch Rises. And um, that that is going to be pretty sweet, though. I'll, I'll be curious. Um, like, I've started watching all the films again, so I started with Phantom Menace, which I will say one more time, is actually, actually still a good film after these years and all the crap that it gets. You know, if you take away some of the clunky dialogue, it's actually a pretty decent film. And uh, it... <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what your reaction to the Rise of Skywalker will be, having seen the last two. It just completely before it. I think that will change your experience. I think that's going to be awesome, dude. Hopefully, yeah. I don't want to sit there snoring. Somebody next no. to me gives me a prod and like, dude, the new one's coming up. We've let you sleep for an hour or so. The new one's coming up. So, you know, get popcorn thrown at me and stuff. But I love that you're pretending you're going with a mate. By the way, that's cool. I'm completely not. This is a solo one for me, mate. There's no, I like that. There's no way that I could convince. Like, I moved up north um, a few months ago. I say up north, not really. I moved to the Midlands. Uh, so a lot of my mates are back down south. I couldn't convince them to come up to Coventry, where the it cinema is. is. That'd be ridiculous. And the missus won't do it. She won't even come to see... I don't know. She's a bit of a Star Wars fan at times, but she would no way do a midnight showing anyway no i get that dude it's uh there's only it's only because i've got kieran and wayne that just happens to live 
like two minutes away that we were able to do it, and because uh, otherwise, like we, the big mistake that we made last time with the right, uh, the the last Jedi was we went to the three a.m. showing. I'm like, what kind of daft time is this? Like, you can't. Do you stay up? <laughs> do you get up early? Like, it was totally off the off 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 the charts. But then as we're walking, uh, as we're walking in, you got some little punk rocker kid, and he's coming out and he's like, I "Can't believe Yoda showed up, and you little." <laughs> You absolute little germ. <laughs> and so Kieran was like, dude, we can't have that again. It's got to be 12 or 1. I'm like, all right. Okay, we should That's probably a do good that. Shout. Yeah. It really is, isn't it? But, you know, like I'm 37, dude. I'm going to be tired. You know what I mean? We, we can't, yeah. I'm going to be tired. Do you know what we should do? We should do like an immediate recording that morning. So like go home, go to bed, chill out. Then the first thing we do the day after that is, because it's the 20th of December. It's Mad Friday anyway. We're all about getting getting smashed. We'll just, um, you know, we'll get up, do an early, do an early recording, and just get a bonus episode out or review. That'd be awesome. I'm off work that day as well. Oh, result. In fact, it off. won't even need to be a bonus episode. We'll just release it that day. Yeah, it'd be sweet. All right, we'll do that then. So there you go, guys. That's how we plan. You're welcome. Little insight behind the go. scenes. That's actually quicker than how we plan things off air. It actually is, isn't it? We're all like, we need Trello, and we've got a Zapier that up to Excel, and uh, <laughs> this is far better. We should just record all the planning sessions. All right, done. Like it. Done. Move on. <laughs> Let's move on, actually. Let's get some news done. But before that, why don't you check the show out on Patreon.com? If you want to support us, if you like the show, if you dig what we do here, head over to Patreon.com forward slash Spark of Rebellion. You can jump on and support our show from a dollar upwards. There are various tiers there to get involved. You can bag yourself some SOR swag, producer credits, all that stuff. Go and take a look. We'd love your support. And thank you very much to our current patrons. Very much appreciate your support thus far. Also check us out on all of the podcast networks that are out there. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all of those people. We're on all of those. Just search for Spark of Rebellion. Give us a sub so you don't miss a show when they land every Saturday and also check us out on the socials too. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, just do a search for spark of rebellion. Give us a like and a follow over there because we post cool little tidbits of star Wars news and discussion throughout the week. Right. First bit of news. The, um, the, well, the big one is the trilogy that relied upon the writers from game of Thrones, Benioff and wise. They have decided to walk away from the project this is not one of those shady, all of a sudden, this person's not working there. Were they fired? Did they leave? Nope, they've been completely open from the offense have basically said that there's just not enough time to dedicate to Star Wars. They've signed what sounds like a, a, a lucrative deal with Netflix to produce content for those guys over the next however many years. And unfortunately, well, depending on your view on the Game of Thrones, or fortunately, uh, Star Wars doesn't factor in with their availability. So they were due to, or they have been, I think they've already done a big chunk of work on the new trilogy. It was meant to kick off on, uh, when was it on, uh, at the 2022, I believe was the, was when the first film was meant to land from those guys, but alas, they've decided to walk away. So a bit surprised at this because it sounds like this is definitely their cup of tea. Um, being, given the reins to something like Star Wars coming out of fresh out of Game of Thrones, it sounds like something would be very cool to to step into. So I'm a little bit surprised at this one, but yeah, there's no there's no shortage of writers out there. So I don't think it's the end of the world, but what do you reckon, mate? You like, yeah, this is really, really crap, or actually this is really good. 
I don't know, if I'm honest. Um, like, those guys know how to handle a budget, let's be honest. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um, but then, you know, when I think about this more and more, I, I'm not sure it matters that much. Because it feels like they've got, you know, they've probably got plans. Like, Disney, Disney and Lucasfilm have obviously got specific plans for what they want this trilogy to be. Like, they obviously have, you know, whatever. It's not like they're bringing directors in and saying, right, let's let's shoot the breeze and see where we end up and figure this out. It's like, they obviously brought those guys on for a reason. So, it feels like, there's, like you said, there's no shortage of people that could do this. Like, there are, there are significant people. Like, you know, look at someone like a Todd Phillips or, um, you know, so just someone in that space that's an up-and-coming, high-quality director has got a bit of a you know, a bit of a pedigree now with a bit of a budget behind them, but they've still got that kind of indie streak to them. There's enough people that could do that. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure this is the end of the world. The, the only thing that kind of... Um, that kind of just makes me a little bit... I wouldn't say frustrated, but yeah, all right, like a little bit frustrated, I guess is the fact that because the Ryan Johnson trilogy is so tumultuous and so up in there, and now this one has got to go back to essentially trying to find a new director and creative team. Um, it might just delay things, you know, so you might end up with that whole slate that was only announced, what, six weeks ago? That might already be getting pushed back significantly, which feels like a bit of a pain in the backside, that's all. So, I mean, I'm not worried about the content because, you know, I'd rather the bailed and, and, and did a job of it um, for Netflix than not bailing, trying to juggle too many things and, and, and just doing everything averagely. You know, I'd rather they did that. And it's a nice time to do it. They've not filmed anything. They're not handing the reins over like they did with Solo. Um, so I, I don't mind that. I just, it might just be annoying that the dates get pushed, that's all. And that's just from a, um, a, a consumption perspective, wanting more Star Wars stuff. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, mate. Yeah. It is annoying to a degree because... We'll come on to this kind of stuff in our review and discussion, but it, it's kind of annoying because this isn't the first time it's happened at Lucasfilm. They seem to have a habit of going down the road to a certain point with writers or directors, and then something happens. In this case, I don't think it's anything... Like, this isn't the same drama that we had partway through production on the solo film. But it, it does still give you that element of what is Lucasfilm not doing to secure their their writers and directors? Because if you've done a chunk of work like these guys have, then the guys at Netflix must be bringing something pretty cool to the table to say, look, I know you're working on the biggest sci-fi franchise ever, but what about this? And they just write a little something on a napkin, slide it over the table. Talk to me. What well, I think it's the 300 million. <laughs> like that's what, that's what their deal is reported to be. Like they're not making a Gaza documentary. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is, uh, this is 300 million books. You know, I don't know if that's a production, but it can't be a production budget or whether that's for them to net between them, which seems ridiculous. And a like, Ford Mondeo. Don't even joke me, honestly. A documentary about the Ford Mondeo. Oh. Mm. <laughs> now we're talking. I reckon it's the brass. I oh, do. Course, I think yeah. it's the brass. Yeah. It's got to be. And it's not like this. Like Netflix don't own any properties where they could say, yeah, all right, you get a crack at, you know, you get a crack at this. Because like you said, <laughs> you've got a, you've got a crack at Star Wars. 
that's it doesn't get bigger than that. Exactly. Yeah. So they must have they must have brought the Benjamins out. They must have had it in a briefcase at the time of the meeting. They're like, look, we're going to give you half now. Here's a hundred mil. Bosh. You get the rest when you're done. Yeah, it's got to. It's got to have been. It's got to have been a, a just a money player, which is like I get it completely. But you know, there's everyone that's like, well, you know, it's uh, I only choose the jobs because of the creativity and what I can bring to it. And you're like, well, is it? <laughs> well, it could have been a case of look, we'll meet with you guys, but you know, we're on Star Wars, so it's highly unlikely that whatever you, what's that, two hundred mil. <laughs> oh, well. Are you free? Are you free this afternoon? Cool, Kathleen. Sorry, love. Something's come up. <laughs> I won't be at that production meeting later, but we'll yeah. chat in the morning. Can't come. Sorry about that. I've got. Yeah. Uh, oh, you what? What's that? Twelve hundred quid an hour. That is a lot. <laughs> Should have gone in at fifty quid. <laughs> yeah, fifty. It's, it's definitely a brass thing. I don't think it's any. Uh, I don't think it's anything else. I think it's. I think it's. You know. And fair play to them. Like, you know, we aren't going to say no to it. Let's be completely honest. If we did this job and someone's like, all right, you give up Star Wars or this deal is gone forever, you'll be like, honestly, Disney have come to me once for Star Wars. I can probably get it back in 10 years if I just keep my track record up. You know what I mean? Like, very often wise. Yeah. They've, 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 they've done it. They've got their pedigree now, you know? Exactly, yeah. A bit, a bit of a name for themselves. Yeah. Okay, so... There we go, mate. Benioff and Wise, they're gone. We have no idea what's happening with the trilogy at the moment. It's obviously parked until they decide if they're going to just bring people in to replace or if they're going to tweak it and do something else, whatever. We assume that they will still roll forward with a new trilogy, but we don't know if the new writers and people are going to pick this up and run with it or they're going to scrap it and do their own thing. No word as yet, but they're definitely off the project Next bit of news, The Mandalorian, dude. Trailer number two, or the official trailer, should I say, mm. landed the other day. And I'm sure we've all watched it 50-odd times already. Big time. Dude, got to say, man, we called this months ago when we were in the early throes of having watched uh, a few little sneak peeks of The Mandalorian and, you know, this looks really good, really good. But it's just completely clear now that this is going to be one of the best things to come out of Camp Star Wars over the last, you know, however many years. It just looks freaking awesome. You must yeah. have seen this like multiple times now. Dude, it looks balmy good. Like it looks, well, <laughs> there's just that much to unpack with it. Like the, number one, this doesn't look like a TV show. This looks like it's got the budget of The Last Jedi plus plus. Each episode. Yeah, it looks <laughs> insane. And then, like, the way they've threaded the story, the way that it is. Like, we've talked about it, you know, with Solo, and we talked about the trenches and, like, the the the, the stormtroopers, it feeling like a war and the Empire feeling like this war machine. It's got the same feel to it. Like, a lot of people have compared it to a Western, which I completely understand. But it's one of those where you think, like, holy crap, this could go in so many directions. And it, for me, it does something that you nailed a few weeks ago is it introduces everything that is pretty fresh about star wars new characters new worlds everything it feels like it's star warsy 
you know? And the one thing that I really, and this is a total paraphrasing, but the one thing that I thought they did really well to kick it off with, and I, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it was something like, I'm sorry for everything that your people have gone through. Oh, yeah. Yep. Implying that Mandalore has got this history and that they're recognising... You know, the fact that they probably got a bad rep because of that pesky Django fet and the armor that he got and you know, the the fact that all that crap happened with Darth Maul and Ahsoka and all the stuff through the cl- like there it feels like they get it, you know, and then everything else on top of it. All the budgets, everything, the scenes, uh the the, the sets, the characters, the costumes, everything. Even the posters, dude. They're just everything is right about this. Yep. I mean they pretty much nailed the whole the whole look and feel of Star Wars. You were saying, weren't you, last week? Or, oh, no. I was uh, not here last week. <laughs> uh, I think it was a, a couple of weeks back. You were saying that one of the problems with the sequel trilogy is that it, it's it's great to a point, but it just doesn't have that thing, that feeling of true Star Wars. And I think The Mandalorian brings that back pretty much Um if you look at both trailers, the one that they put out um, a couple of months back and now this new one, you can tell that the just the overall design has got that perfect mix of, right, we need something, we need something new and fresh, obviously. We're not going to tread old paths here, but it absolutely needs to feel like Star Wars. And just those little bit, like the there's a bit in the trailer where they look, you look up this like rocky cliff and there's a couple of people who are knocking about on, I think they're small, like dewbacks or something, but you just hear that sound that you recognize from a new hope. And then like the, 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 the voiceover, you know, that main character, I've forgotten the actor's name, you know, like bound Dion Ding is complicated. Which I didn't you know? expect him to look anything like he looks when you see his face. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I know his face, but I couldn't, I can't place his name. I honestly just didn't expect him to look like that. I didn't, uh, I was like, wait a sec. No, that, no, 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 no. That voice doesn't match that. <laughs> um, but it, yeah. I like, and can we just talk about Carl Weathers? <laughs> can we just talk about Apollo Creed for one second? Yeah. Like it, he just looks completely badass in it. Like I thought he was just not dead. Like I knew he wasn't dead, but in terms of like, <laughs> His physique and everything that he does, I thought he was pretty much done and finished. And then he shows up in this and he's like, oh no, oh no. He's like, now he's still, like somehow still pretty badass. He looks in shape still. He looks like he he's really sorted does. himself out. Yeah. Although he's uh, he's got some pretty heavy sort of coat and cloak on and everything like that. You can just tell by his stature and the way he's, he carries himself that he's, I don't know if he just maintains his his sort of physical uh well-being and stuff but maybe after he was cast in this it was like look you're going to be this badass character you're going to need to be in some kind of shape he's like apollo creed baby i can leg down the beach a few more times get sly involved be fine yeah he's just like i just it's easy this i just go running once (laughs) in my little crop top and my (laughs) knee-high socks it's all good on the beach and then do like a really awkward hug in the sea yeah Mm. like you're looking after your little friend that's been out of the mental hospital for a day and then you're taking him back home afterwards. The best part of that entire scene in Rocky three is when he just, when you see Stallone clapping. That's what I mean. Yeah. It looks like he's taken his little, his little mentally challenged mate to the beach for the you day. Can't say, you can't say that. You can't say that. <laughs> you 
job. But that's what it looks like. It looks it like really does. <laughs> it looks like <laughs> it looks like Balboa's like it, it, it's got some kind of mental problem. And uh, <laughs> oh, it, it, I like that we're saying that. Like it looks like Balboa's. I think let's call that brain <laughs> damage, dude. That's the whole Rocky Five storyline right there. But it looks like he's it's ratchet like a few more notches higher than that. He literally looks like you know, he's taken him out for a nice day out at the beach and he's going to drop him back at the, <laughs> the mental hospital later. Anyway, I digress. Well, you digress. We digress. I'm sorry, I always digress, mate. You know that. Uh, yes, Apollo Creed looks awesome in this. As he do all the characters, nice. to be fair. Uh, we had the, we've got the chick who used to be the uh, the UFC fighter. What's her name? Uh, she was in Deadpool. What's her name? I can't remember. I can't remember. Name, she I looks very cool. Uh, we've got one of the IG-88 droids, IG-11 in this case, looking very cool. The whole thing just marries up to just look. We're going to have to VPN the crap out of this dude. Mark and I are based in the UK. We're not going to be able to jump on Disney Plus when this launches. I think it's next week or the week after. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, November 12th, is it? Or is it November 2nd? It's got two yeah, in it. 12th, yeah. So that's a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, we're going to have to VPN it. That's definitely how we'll get it. Yeah. But we'll definitely watch it, for sure. Yeah, it does look really sweet. But it just... Like, John Favreau knows how to tell a story. Mm. Like, he knows how to tell a story. And it sounds like he's just as much of a fan as anyone. And, and and what I'm curious about with this one as well is that the timing of it... Like, this is five years after Return of the Jedi. So it's, it's only really, like, three, four years after the Battle of Jakku. So you're still going to have... Like, I'm wondering if people like Ray Sloan are going to turn up. You know, the old... Uh, Grand Admiral Sloan that, you know, she became this this the, the de facto leader of the Empire in the Aftermath trilogy. Um, like, she seems to be a character that's kicking about a little bit. There's, there's speculation she's going to be in Rise of Skywalker or whatever. I don't know if that's true. But, um, like, she she is a really interesting character they could bring to the screen here. Um, and also, just, and I'm, this is completely just, just, I don't know, speculating. But, like, they could do something pretty sweet where... You know, the Inquisitors were hunting the Jedi after the fall of uh, the Jedi and Order 66. It looks like Carl Weathers' um, character is bringing together and just hires bounty hunters. You know, I'm sure there could be something pretty cool in there where they're hunting, you know, the, the remnants of the Empire and some kind of real grey area for this new Republic. You know, people like Mon Mothma and, and, and other people like that that are, you know, where to set, we need to kind of find these upper echelon people from the empire that are still out there causing a lot of crap how do we get them well actually we probably need to do the things that they did to get these people um like that's a real interesting like gray area there's a lot of morality in that and the other thing as well like princess leia is only five years older than return of the jedi in this like i think how are they are they going to reference i know they won't bring her into it they won't ever do anything with that but how as a star wars fan of that era you've got an appetite for it. You've got an ap appetite of hearing the little tidbits of what's going on with Luke's Jedi Order and just that little throwaway, oh, I heard the Skywalker kids brought the Jedi Order. But these little things, like how far are they going to take the Easter eggs? You know? There's loads of stuff with this. Yeah, I reckon this is going to be the highlight of the year, if I'm being honest, bud. Yeah, I think you might be right, dude. Yeah. I think you might be right. I think with this, some of the comics that are coming out and... Um, with the Rise of Skywalker, I think that like this is the strongest year for Star Wars for a long, long time, in my view. Yes. Yep. Totally agreed. 
the budget helps as well, like you said. It looks like just it looks like a feature film. Yeah, it does. The Every trailer. I, I was shocked by the first shots of the trailer. Mm-hmm. It's that good. Disney in it. Yeah, it's interesting that they're, they're doing this because it gives me hope for the Obi Wan series as well. Oh, jeez, we're not we're not even onto that yet, are we? That's going to no. be awesome as well. That's going to have you know that's going to have the same budget, same production value. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be cool that because. It, Again, it's such a rich time period. It just makes you wonder, like, how far are they going to push that as well? Um, you know, like, what can they do with it? There's, a, I think there'll be a lot of hut stuff on that, but I really want to see the Inquisitors. Like, there's always that um, that little joke, like parody of Vader, where he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just keep. It was, I think it was in. I can't remember what it was. In. It was. I might have read it online yesterday. Someone was on about it. Like, wait a second. So this old one of the most powerful Jedi went to the place where Vader was born, lived three hundred yards. 400 yards away from his kid who kept the same name and Kenobi kept his name as well. Like, that's one of those, it's one of those like little stories like, you know, Johnny Lawrence is a bad guy in Karate Kid. It's one of those where you're like, someone needs to address this somewhere mm-hmm. and just do something with it. So I wonder if the Kenobi series is going to do that or, I don't know, I know we're digressing again, that's what I do, but <laughs> it, it just, it's exciting, it's exciting times because it's very rich, fertile ground for, for, for us to explore, I think. They are traumatic times, but they are potentially amazing times. Yeah. Traumatic times. Leading on from that, we've had a bunch of reviews that have dropped on the mantle, actually, no, we haven't had proper reviews. We've had little snippets of people that have been shown the Mandalorian, or at least a portion of it, and just one after the other. It's like amazing, amazing, amazing. So it's looking really, really good from from a critic's review point of view as well. So just to read through a few of these, Steve Waintrab says, "This is the Star Wars thing I've been waiting for!" Exclamation mark. While I love the Skywalker saga, I've wanted to see new characters and places explored in depth, which can only be done over multiple episodes in a series format. Can't wait to see more. Uh, Drew Taylor says, also it looks as expensive as it is. They didn't skimp with this one. Spaceships, creatures, etc. All in full effect. Cannot wait for the full episodes. Uh, Ash Crossan says, just watched 27 Mins uh, and legit cried. Can't say much, but... This, uh, this is real and is happening. It feels so freaking Star Wars. Uh, and then there's some other people. Sarah Almamood says, uh, in pr- first impressions, it's thrilling, action-packed and stylish. The music and cinematography are incredible. I was blown away by the new corners of the Star Wars universe. It looks to be exploring and a sense, uh, a glimmer of the original trilogy's magic. These are all things that we want to hear, dude. Um, Michelle Buckman says, saw 30 minutes of Mandalorian. Uh, old studio western to the 40s and 50s with a dash of samurai movie vibe uh, mixed uh, with Star Warsy blender. Uh, I think Star Wars fans are going to be very pleased. Uh, and it just goes on and on. All of these people that have been shown early footage have just said it looks so damn good. Star Wars is done with prestige, with lots of action, lots of Easter eggs as well, apparently. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting comparisons to the original trilogy as well. That's, yes. That's curious that people are doing that. Yep. So what we've seen from both trailers so far, the the uh, on-set photos that we've seen, and now these reviews that the critics have started to put out, that they can't put out full reviews, I, exp- I suppose, because they're embargoed, but these little thoughts that they've put out, it's everything that we wanted to hear. The last thing we wanted to hear is, 
yeah, it's good, but because that's the that's the the thing you have to be careful with, I guess, with reviews is when people say, yeah, it's good, but and then you think, oh Christ. But all of these people are like, nope, this is amazing. It's going to be brilliant. So cannot wait for this to drop, dude. It's going to be so good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. What is it? Is it a... Um, and I don't know this about Disney overall, like Disney Plus. Is it a binger? Like, is it a Daredevil-style Netflix drop, or is it like a weekly serial? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know on this one. I really don't know. I feel like it's probably the former. It's probably a... Um, sorry, it's probably the latter. It's probably serialised. I want to say, yeah. I think so. Did it's we... got to be. I mean, if you think about it from a... Uh, from the perspective of keeping people engaged, like in the early days of launching Disney Plus, you know, you want people coming back week by week to build it into their habits, don't you? So I, I, I would assume that it will be a weekly. I think so. Yeah. I think the only thing that makes me think it might be the former is um, they tried, no, no, they were talking about that with some other popular shows on streaming channels like um, Stranger Things and... Mm -hmm. Uh, lost in space, those type of things. I think they made the decision to drop those all in one hit for whatever reason. So they might follow suit, but I'm hoping that it's um, serialized just yeah. to keep you sort of salivating in between each episode. Yeah, I am as well. And it works well for people like the CW, even though some of those shows are massively bubblegum, you know, something that's got the appetite of um, uh, the, the Star Wars fans is it, there'll be no problem with that. There will be no problem with that. It will just, like you said, it will just generate so much more. Um, this is not like a Cobra Kai where it has to drop and pleasantly surprise people. This, like the trailer's already done the job and now it's just giving people everything. Plus I think it, 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 the marketability of that, of that entire platform relies upon these early things that are original being good. Because like The Little Mermaid, like we all know about that. That's all right. That's that's not going anywhere. Like that is going to be good. It's the Little Mermaid or Lion King or you know whatever else is on there. You're not going to get that much traction and review from that. It's the it's the new things mm -hmm. that are going to give the the, the traction that that make this worthwhile. Yeah. Um. So yeah, curious dude. It looks fantastic. Really, really does. And also, just quickly, it would be lovely to get back to the good old fashioned cliffhanger as well. Oh, the Batman um, in a teacup. Exactly. Same bad time, same bad channel. Yeah, so we might even do the cheesy little recap. Previously on The Mandalorian. Oh, I quite like that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Bring it back. Do, 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 take it back. <laughs> Last bit of news. Talking of trailers, uh, we had the launch trailer for The Mandalorian. We've also had the launch trailer for the Jedi Fallen Order video game that drops in two and a bit weeks' time. And this is another cracker of a trailer, dude. In it just. Yeah, man. So it's kind of weird to think that some of the spotlight is potentially being taken away from the Rise of Skywalker at the moment because I think this game's going to be really good. I mean, there was a point where I thought, oh, there's just not enough meat on the bones to this game. And the early trailers, I thought, yeah, this looks really good, but... I felt like maybe the engine was letting it down a little bit, like some of the early, the early gameplay trailers were like, oh. when you, especially when you got something like Gears 5 that dropped using the same engine and it just looks amazing. And then you saw the early gameplay with this and you're like, oh, I don't know. But 
since then, they've dropped a ton of information over the last, I don't know, six weeks, and now this new trailer. And they must have added a level of polish on this, and they've tidied it up, but it just looks so crisp and beautiful, and the story is great. And now we've got a ton of information around the type of game that we thought it was going to be. It's not actually like that. So we thought it was going to be a an uncharted sort of thing where you literally follow a linear path and you go from A to B to C and all that stuff. But they, it's like a, it, it's not an open world, like a GTA type of thing, but the way in which you progress through the game is completely down to you. You don't have to go on the path immediately. You can go off and explore whatever planet you're dropped onto. You can go between planets. You can do stuff. You can revisit. It just sounds like they've opened it all up and they've, um, they've really ramped up the idea of customization for your lightsaber and, uh, your little droid and everything like that. It just, it just looking so cool. So when you couple this with the Mandalorian, like the latter half of 2019 might not be the rise of, you know, the, the Skywalker saga might not be the pinnacle of awesome Star Wars. It could be these two things or one or the other. So yeah. Anyway, the, the trailer's looking so sweet. We've got, um, we've got the sort of the, the last bit of narrative that runs through just to ram home the idea that, uh, order 66 has been and gone Jedi are out there somewhere. But in this particular case, the, the character they focus on Cal Kestis, the inquisitors now know who he is. They need to track him down. They're going to try and take him out. And, uh, yeah, it's like how the story flows. Now we can absolutely see, because before we were unsure of whether he was going to be like an undercover Jedi for a while and his reveal wasn't going to be until later on in the story. But now we know that no, straight away, Bosch, we know he's a Jedi. So you're going to spend the entire game sort of running from those guys. And and apparently there's going to be some cool Easter eggs. There's going to be a bit of a, uh, a, a pulling on the heartstrings moment. We don't really know what that is to begin with. But yeah, the whole game is now looking just freaking sweet. And also they've done a similar thing with The Mandalorian. They've they invited loads of people, mainly sort of influencers and streamers, to go and play the game. I think they let them play it for three hours or something. And a load of people have said like, this is going to be the shit. Like this is going to be like one of the best star Wars games you've ever played. Just because the story is so strong. The gameplay is really good. The lightsaber, um, the, the lightsaber controls and it's just looking so sweet and it feels really star Wars. So dude, I, I've pre-ordered this. I don't know. Did you say that you pre-ordered this or not? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is going to be awesome, dude. We're going to have to like dedicate, it's going to wipe out like so many hours of our lives. Yeah, it's one of those games where I think you'll sit down and start playing it. Like Battlefront 2's campaign did this for me just because I loved the story of that as well. And the last game that did that prior to that was actually the original Modern Warfare years ago where I just I turned it on. I was like, crap, this is good. <laughs> um, and everything else since then, it's been like, you know, I've had to sit down and force myself to really get into it. But this looks absolutely sweet as, you know, the the storyline, everything. Like you said, they've totally touched up the graphics and it feels pretty polished now. Some of the lip syncing stuff is still very much, um, I think that's like the last frontier of gaming is mm-hmm. trying to sort out decent lip sync. Um, but that just is what it is with gaming. But I think other than that, like, dude, it just looks completely badass. You've got the characters look solid. And again, it's got it's got that, that, that worldly Star Wars feel where everything feels... Star Warsy, mm-hmm. you know, you start on. I think you start on Kashyyyk. You've got 
Saw Guerrera's in there. You've got the Inquisitors that look part of the same team that are in Rebels. You know, it feels like that. It, it, you can tell that this is very cohesive. Um, and it's it just seems really well thought out. It just seems really well thought out. And I'm curious about what Easter eggs they'll put in there. Like, I'm looking at this from a story perspective. You know, what do they put in there? I mean, what Easter eggs can they put in there within that time frame? You know, it's got to be the Fallen Jedi Order. It's got to be hints of Obi-Wan. It's got to be... Hint. And I think as well, when you think it through in terms of a plan, you know, Obi-Wan will, Obi-Wan will be in there, no doubt. You know, the, the the holographic message at the end of Revenge of the Sith will be in there, no doubt about that. And... yeah. yeah. It's got to be, hasn't it? There'll be some holocron stuff in there. Um, does Vader make an appearance? Who knows? Like, that'd be pretty badass. I can't... I, I, I don't see any reason for him not to, but at the same time, it feels, because they've written it so well, it feels like there's almost need no need for him to make an appearance to pan to the fans. Like, it feels like it's good enough to stand on its own. So, like, what I mean by that is it's not... It's not like it's, oh, we better sell this by using an appearance by Vader. Like it's doing it on its own. Um, which I think is a really fortunate position for it to be in. Just to have a game, you know, coming off the back of what, what EA did with loot crates on Battlefront 2. And it feels like this is finally a Star Wars game that the campaign guys can get behind and that the, the story people can get behind that will really just add to the mythos. I know, you know, with Aiden Versio and, and, and Del Mico and a few of the others, you had a few decent characters in there in Battlefront 2, but this just feels like it's a whole other chapter of mythology. So I'm I'm psyched for this, man. I think it's going to be awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be cool. And I think they've dragged in a few people from uh, the Clone Wars. We've got the um, the Night Sisters in there. Oh, sweet. Is that who that was? Yeah. Is that, it wasn't Mother Talzin, was it? She's she dead. Uh She's not dead, it? no. I think it could be. It depends on... Yeah, it could be her. I thought she got oh. wiped out by Maul and stuff. Someone came. Or oh, Palpatine. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Sorry, that's a Clone Wars thing. Uh, that was Dooku. Yeah, Dooku. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah so it could be her. Could do, I'm not sure whether it sits on the timeline with those guys. but uh, So they're obviously on Dathomir somewhere. And then we've also got, yeah, the Inquisitors, Second Sister, Ninth Sister, all those, you know, dudes It just... I reckon it's going to be cool. I think we've only seen a tiny little snippet of what this this game is, you know, because sometimes with game trailers, they open it all up and you see, you know, loads of things. But I think they've, they're keeping lots of things very uh, closed down for now, which is a good thing because mm-hmm. I don't want to see all that stuff. So can't yeah, wait, man. I'm, the same. Can we get I'm looking forward to it, dude. Yeah. That's it for news. Not much else going on. Um, the only one little cool thing, <laughs> uh, which I noticed you added, which is... Uh, the Oxford English Dictionary has added the words Jedi, Padawan, and lightsaber as official, <laughs> officially recognised English dictionary words, which That's I'm surprised they're not in there by now. I mean, Jedi, fair play, and lightsaber, but Padawan? Well, yeah. I don't get it. You know what I mean? I, I, understand. I think it's fun. It can be but... fun, but it's not a game. <laughs> Right? It's impossible. I would know statistically what card you would have, and I know what I'd need to do to beat you. But still, it could be fun. <laughs> so, yeah. Next time you call somebody a Padawan, I don't appreciate it. Uh, it's in a dictionary, pal. Deal Eat that. Yeah. And I can get it in in Scrabble, and anyone on Countdown can use it now. Okay, you know someone's going to have that at some point. B. 
Big time. Yeah. Big time. I'd, I'd be using, in fact, I'd, I would be looking for it. I would take not, like I won't be able to find any other words. I'd just be saying, do my letters make Padawan? <laughs> I'm out. And I'd be losing to like Keith from Skipton. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was, he was really trying his ass. And I'm just like, can I get Padawan in this or not Rachel Riley? Because if not, I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I don't care about your numbers game either. I'm out. I didn't come for the numbers. I'll have a consonant, please. Do you know what I always wanted? If I, I when I used to watch Countdown as a kid, I just honestly I wanted to just sit there with Vardom and just go vowel, 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 <laughs> vowel. <laughs> they should have Street Countdown. Remember the IT? You ever watch the IT Crowd? Don't know if you ever watched I've, that show. I've only watched it like I've watched it through once. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, Moss becomes one of the all-time winners. They do Street Countdown, a bit of an underground thing, but. I'd love to. I'd love to do something like that, or just just go on there and be a complete fool. Like you know, everyone was like, "Yeah, can I have one from the top and any other five, Carol?" I'd just go, "No, do you know what, Carol? I want six from the top. <laughs> How am I going to get one hundred and twenty-seven from a thousand, six hundred, eight hundred, one hundred and two hundred? You go on, Carol. You try it. <laughs> I'd only want to go on there if Carol Vorderman was back on there. That's the thing. Oh, she had such an attitude as well. She was like, actually, Richard Whiteley, I can do this. Yeah. She had a bit of sass about her. And I appreciated her for that. Yeah. You know, I, I appreciated her a bit of order. She got like, she got a bit sassy in her older age, didn't she? She got she to did. 50 and she was like, new woman. Um, which always surprised me because I didn't know what to make of that. You know, growing up, <laughs> watching Countdown at 14, I was like, I don't know if these feelings are normal. And then I get to 24 <laughs> and she's trying to make me feel like that now. So I don't know, I get confused. I don't get it. It's a tough old game. But what, watching up. Countdown. Watching, oh yeah, both. Watching Countdown and growing up. It's a tough old one. It is. Just ask Cal from the Jedi Fallen Order game. He's struggling with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got to deal with all that stuff. We're complaining about Countdown. Anyway, sorry. I keep digressing today, don't I? I'm sorry. I'm in a world of my own. No worries, dude. <laughs> Good to be back. At least you're not grumpy like the last time we were on. You were in a bit of a... I'm always in a bit yeah. of a mood. I just don't like Dominic Monaghan. I just think he's boring. And DJ Trev up, upheld that with me. He was like, yeah, I see where you were coming from on that. I'm like, cheers, DJ Trev. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So. You're just an intimidating host. It's like people are just like, yeah, agree with Mark, agree with Mark, agree with Mark. Otherwise <laughs> yeah, we're going to get kicked off. If you don't agree with them about Dominic <laughs> Monaghan, you will get kicked off. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you briefed him before. By the way, we're going to talk about Dominic Monaghan. If you don't agree with me, let's just say now and we'll bin this off. And if you don't know who is, just what I want you to do is just say that it was really bad in Lost. For no reason, if you can just say that. <laughs> no, I, even if I don't bring him up, just bring it up. I agree with you on the Lost thing. It was pretty boring in Lost. Uh, but it's not Penny's boat. Spoilers. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Review and discussion. Let's rattle through that because we haven't got enough time due to your digressing. I know, we've been going 50 minutes now. We've talked, we've talked for about 15 minutes on Star Wars this week. In fact, this could be a really quick review and discussion. This could be a yes or no. All right, <laughs> so, let's try that. All right, I'm going to put this to you, right? With the schedules that have now changed due to people leaving, people getting fired over the years, moving on to different things, still don't know anything about Ryan Johnson's work on what he's doing with Star Wars. Uh the backlash with Kathleen Kennedy, all of these things. Uh, do you think this affects the overall Star Wars journey and experience moving forward? I think it's a, a really good question. I looked at the Trello notes that you put in for this, and it's a really well thought out flow. Like you mentioned something about the Marvel Universe, about them them having this map. Um, 
you know, if you look at if you look at what DC did, like they tried to do that. And I think the difference between DC, Marvel, and Star Wars is that no one really gave a crap about Marvel until they did. And that's the difference. Like even with DC, you know, it was they weren't mapping out like Zatanna and mapping out like the Atom and Blue Beetle. They were mapping out Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. Like these were people that the, the, the characters that people already really cared about. And outside of, let's be completely honest, outside of Spider-Man, up until Marvel did what they did, no one cared about Iron Man or Captain America on the big screen. No one was bothered about any of that. So it was kind of, it almost didn't matter what the risk was. Because if they changed it, it was just like, well, yeah, of course that wasn't going to work. And then when it did work and they nailed it, of course it worked. You know, so either, either either way, it was they were kind of all right in the early days. Now it's very different because they've built that 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 connection. But I think Star Wars is is because you've got a very vocal and a very powerful in terms of commercial and and, and capitalism kind of uh, parts of the success that Star Wars needs. You've got a, a demographic of people like you and me that are nostalgic but yet that have got a bit of brass and will or will not spend if they don't like it. And you see all the knobheads out there on the on the, on the the forums trolling and saying, well, Kathleen Kennedy's on this and Disney's, Disney's ruined and uh, ruined Star Wars and it's rubbish. All Star Wars is rubbish. And yet, you know, they will still be the ones paying the money out. I feel like because those stakes are there where Marvel didn't have it, um, I feel that that's why they're a little cautious. Like they've been doing this Obi-Wan stuff and then they, they, they was kind of like teasing a movie and then they teased the Boba Fett thing. And when you look back in hindsight, actually, it was just us assuming that it was going to be Boba Fett and it was going to be an Obi-Wan movie. Actually, it was a Mandalorian TV show that everyone thought was Boba Fett because it had the same style element. And it was, um, it was, it was probably um, very quickly becoming an Obi-Wan TV show when, because Disney Plus is not an accident. Like, it's not like they just did it over the last 18 months. Like, it's Disney. This is five, six years in the making, Disney+. Plus. Um, so I think I think the fans are a little bit too precious of it. But I, I, I think your point is a great one about where, like, do all these these changes in commitments and the map of what's coming, are they, do they affect that continuity and that overall journey? And my answer is that I think they, honestly, I think it's in pretty safe hands. Like, I know people dislike certain parts of what Disney do with Star Wars, and I totally get that. But I do feel like it's in pretty safe hands because Disney have been telling stories for the longest time. And I'm willing to bet that um, they've got the broad strokes. They know that sometime within this five-year time frame, they want to tell this type of story. And they maybe don't quite know what that's going to be yet. And they maybe don't quite know whether it's going to be a TV show or whether it's going to be a movie or, or a book. But I think when you look at the history of what they did with the Clone Wars, like, oh, crap, the Clone Wars was cancelled but these stories are going to go into this other format. Like, it feels like they've got a plan of the stories they want to tell. They've just not quite figured out when they want to tell them or what medium it takes. But I feel like, I do feel like they know what makes the money. And I do, obviously the, the, the whole Solo debacle did everything that it did for Star Wars. And it, that probably made them re-question everything. Um, but I think the broad strokes are there. I think they understand what they are trying to achieve with Star Wars. And I think they will tell their stories. And I think they do have a plan. I just don't think they because of how precious it is and how how furious the online fandom will become. I just I think they're just a little bit more cautious with it now. 
I think that's all it is. Um, and I, I mean, the, the only, I mean, the only potential spanner in the works is old Ryan Johnson, isn't he? You know, he's just like still knocking about, and it's, it's he's just a weird one because he annoyed so many people, and he's almost like, why would we even bother? Like, even if it's fantastic, is it worth the risk? You know, so I don't know. That's that's my view on it. I, I reckon it's in safe hands, and I reckon they're playing broad strokes. I think they've got a broad map of it, and they're just waiting to see what settles with with the launch of Disney Plus and what what the Rise of Skywalker does and what the appetite is really. That's a good view, dude. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know because my mind changes on it every now and then. But I think I think we're just desperate for a bit of um a bit of leadership outside. I'm not talking about Kathleen Kennedy. Um, I feel like this links into what we spoke about a few weeks ago with Kevin Feige coming over from Marvel. I think that was very deliberate because if you think about, um, like I mentioned in this, this question, the, when you have a lot of chat, I mean, it's not unusual for, individual movies or a phase of movies like we have with Marvel, it's not unusual for them to run into problems. I'm not saying that Marvel's perfect, but there is a sense of, there's a solid foundation there, which they've had to build up since Iron Man. And, uh, and they've done that very, very well. Kevin Feige's done that very, very well. And I feel like Star Wars has already done that. So for years and years and years, there's always been some kind of Star Wars thing. And the people that run the story group and all that stuff are, are people that have been there for years and years and they know it all inside out and and it's all good. My feeling is that the Kevin Feige thing was very deliberate because it, I, I feel like they need to sort of show fans that, look, we kind of, we understand that this has not been the smoothest path so we're going to bring in this guy who absolutely knows his shit and knows how to run and handle all of this stuff. Um, but I just, there's a little bit of me that thinks, well, you know, you guys are, you know, Disney as a whole, you've got enough power and enough money to oversee some of the biggest franchises that we've seen, you know, in cinema for the past you know, 50 years, whatever. How can you not get your shit together? Um, you know, because when you have, and I mean that sincerely, I, I mean it like, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a, uh, in a childish kind of, you know, uneducated way. I, I mean that sincerely. Like how, how is it possible that you're looking after the biggest sci-fi franchise on the planet, but you've got things just falling apart, <laughs> you know, year after year. It's, it's not like a one-off. It's not like the Benioff and Wise thing is like this massive shock that's like rumbled the, you know, the, the perfect Star Wars train and now they have to fix it and that's fine. Ever since Disney bought out Lucasfilm, there's been these things where in in the video game world, you know, people just went ballistic at Battlefront 2 because of the way it was launched with the loot crate boxes and all that stuff. And then people went mad because they thought The Force Awakens was fan service and a basically a remake of A New Hope. And then people went mad because... Ryan Johnson's film was terrible. And then people went mad because Solo fell apart. 
you know, and that to get a new director in and sort all that mess out. And then Obi-Wan film gets, you know, all of these things, you know, they all kind of stack up to me anyway, as if to say, you know, if this was any other business, you know, there would be big changes happening at the top, you know, but it just seems weird that to me anyway, it seems weird that they're happy to just let the train sort of, you know, very slowly move forward. It's almost like Marvel. And again, I'm not saying that Marvel's perfect, but Marvel seems to have a very good succinct plan. It's not complicated. It's like, these are the phases, bosh, bosh, bosh. It's going to be these movies. And we're going to announce these new people, these new characters, you know, and we're pretty confident that's all going to work out. It feels to me like Star Wars, there's this train that's moving forward and there's people that are like having to throw the tracks down in front of the train just to keep it moving along. So I feel like this does affect the overall experience and the journey of Star Wars. And I'm just so, it's just such a great, like we have to like thank our lucky stars that there are people like John Favreau around um, and, you know, Respawn that are bringing these cool little, because we have no idea yet what the Rise of Skywalker is going to bring. It could be like the best freaking film ever, not just Star Wars. It could be like the best Star Wars film ever. But if it's not, we've got to fall back on things like The Mandalorian and the Obi-Wan series that are coming up. So yeah, dude, I see what you're saying, but I also feel like there does need to be a bit of a, you know, dare I say it, there needs to be a bit of a George Lucas vibe happening at, at Lucasfilm. I, I hate to say that, but I don't want to, I don't want to rake up all griefs, but you know, that's my feeling on it, man. I think you're right, dude. I think the, the, the word leadership was key in that one. And you know, for, for everything that old George has done and like it or not, Ultimately, this was his is his baby. You know, this is the thing that he that he that he created, and 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 he led it for such a long time. And I think there's an intelligence from George Lucas that that um, maybe not. Okay, there's two things to this actually. There's an intelligence from George Lucas with regards to world building and being patient with it. And, you know, yeah, he got hammered for the prequels, but now look at the love that they're getting. You know, the, the dialogue is clunky. It is, yeah, of course it's clunky, but the storytelling, the way that he delivers that, like that part of it has really stood up. And I think the other thing, the second part of that is that a little bit like Steve Jobs when it comes to consumers, you know, I reckon Lucas was pretty in tune with what people wanted at any given time throughout his career. Like he was, he just had an intuition of what would fly in the Star Wars world. Yeah, sure, he got some bits wrong, and inevitably people get things wrong. But I think I, I feel like for the most part, he, he had this intuition that that served him pretty well and served the franchise pretty well. Um, so I, I, I think that's that's missing, and I. The only thing that I would say about that is maybe just the fact that the world's changed. And, I, I, you know, if you're a business and you are, if you are managing this multi, multi, multi-billion dollar franchise and you've got a fandom that kicks off at the slightest thing that is, is so easily divided with anything, doesn't matter what it is, the tiniest thing will divide you. I feel like a lot of the job of the leadership is to kind of shut up and listen for a little bit and tease things like, we might do an Obi-Wan film. What's the reaction? All right, that's cool. Now we're going to do a TV show because we've got this new secret thing 
that we're launching that now we can talk about. So of course it's going to be a TV show. You know, I, I feel like I do feel like there's a little bit of that going on where they're just sitting back and saying, actually, what are people talking about? You know, if there's if there's thirty five thousand comments an hour saying we want a Bosk TV show, you know, bet your bottom dollar they're going to be doing that. But it's I feel like that because of the fandom, because of the way it is, where Marvel have had to create that over the last ten years, Star Wars have had it for forty. And I, I think that's the difference. And I think they're just sitting back and just saying, well, do you know what? Let's let the consumers that are paying the money do a little bit of this dictating and then we'll kind of squeeze it into our schedule a little bit as long as it hits our broad strokes and fulfills some of the stuff. So I, I do think it's sort of a six one, half a, half a dozen or the other. But to your point about the leadership, it would be amazing if someone was just stood there saying, we got this. You know, that's all you need. You yeah. just need that yeah. figurehead. That's it. Yeah. I think Kathleen Kennedy does try to do that at certain points, but it doesn't feel like it's it's uh, it's enough or it's strong enough. I'm not saying she's not a strong person. She sounds like a bit of a badass, but where it concerns reassuring the fans. Yeah. Do you know what? I think it's, it's, it's because she, she doesn't feel like a creator. I think that's the thing. Like she doesn't feel like Lucas or Feige or, um, you know, Jeff Loeb, who was just recently um, removed from, from the Marvel TV slate, but someone like Jeff Loeb or even Jeff Johns at DC, for all their faults, you've got a creator at the helm, someone that writes, mm -hmm. someone that does do this. Um, and I'm not too au fait with Kennedy's background, but it feels like she's on the business end. There's nothing wrong with that, but she needs a creator. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think about, there, there was, um, I think it was on the special features of the Clone Wars, or there was a video somewhere. There's a scene... Uh, sorry, there's a, a video of Dave Filoni when he was mm -hmm. sort of midway through the Clone Wars. And they were at a convention somewhere. It might have been Star Wars Celebration. And he's outside, sitting down by a tree with a notebook out with his phone. And it's George Lucas saying, I'm halfway through dinner. I've just thought of this really cool thing that we need to put in the, star, in the Clone Wars. So you've got Dave Filoni writing notes down on a little notebook. George Lucas halfway through his dinner. You're absolutely right. It needs somebody who's creating that stuff who can feed that down. Not necessarily somebody who can just steamroll it and do their own thing, but somebody with that creative mind. Because you're right, I think she's the business end. Mm -hmm. So she can only, she's only got so much visibility of what's going on on the ground, so to speak. You know. Yeah, I get that. She's man. there I, I, with a rule book. Well, she's with a rule book, and I'm there on the ground with the troops. All right. I'm in the trenches. I'm seeing I'm the floods and starvation. <laughs> <laughs> the office. I think it's. Um, I, I think that's definitely key. like if if it, if it was. And I'm, I am not the smartest person. Otherwise, I would be working for Disney doing this. But it's like when it comes to DC. Like you basically give. You just give the entire overseeing of the story to people that write stories. You know, you give it to Filoni and Pablo. Is it Pablo Hidalgo? I don't know. Is he the actor? Pablo? Oh, Delgado, uh, Delgado is it? Delgado. One of the two, yeah. Yeah, Hidalgo. Um, the two guys that basically run the story group, like, mm. give it to them. Because they're, they're, they've come straight from Lucas. They're the protégés of Lucas. Give it straight to them. Let them broad stroke, fat face marker, straight through for the next 20 years. What stories do we want to tell? Because they've never failed. Let's be honest, they've never really failed. Um, give it to them, and then you buy in the directors that can tell those type of stories. You know, you want a gritty Mandalorian experience, you get John Favreau. But I, I actually think that he's quite an interesting player in this. I think Favreau will do more in Star Wars 
because he's proven himself like he did with Iron Man, you know, and he was an exec producer and a producer. And Feige was just on the business side as well for a long time. And then it's only the last five, six years that Feige's been, you know, become this prominent figure. But he's 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 allowed the creators to create. And Favreau was a big part of that. So I don't think the Favreau and the Feige partnership is by accident. I think that's in there on purpose. So I would expect to see Favreau doing a lot more um, in that space. And maybe doing what he did a little bit as well with Marvel, which is, you know, shepherding a lot of other actors in and a lot of other, you know, big name players. And, and, and actually mentoring to a degree some of the more indie-based directors. Um, so I, I do see, you know, the, the story group and maybe two, those two guys as being the creative architects. And then who knows with Ken? I don't know. Who's going to step and be, and be the leader? I don't know, man. I don't know. Who knows? Good, good idea, that, though. That's a really mm. good question. And I, I assume it will evolve as well. Once the Rise of Skywalker's out the way, Mandalorian, Fallen Order, and then we start almost afresh... In 2020, we hopefully hopefully get some more information and stuff on on the new trilogy after who's going to take over from Benioff and Weiss and all that stuff, Ryan Johnson's details. I imagine if you and I ask this same question this time next year, it'll be hopefully a different answer. Should be anyway. Yeah. So I think let's roll over the random spotlight to next week, dude. I think we've waffled for long enough. Do you know what? It's been a good one though. That I've kind of uh, I've enjoyed it. Just 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 kind of shooting the. But we've we've done a lot of digression. But <laughs> it's it's a podcast. We can do that. It's all good. It's our podcast. We can say whatever the frick we want. Yeah, it's our podcast, kids. Yeah, we're not governed by the story group because the regime don't like. Because it. the regime don't like it, man. Did not get an agenda, no. No, that's not. That's my brother's joke, and it's supposed to be a bills. So doesn't well, really work. I meant for to ask you. So I meant to ask you. Uh, Nobby Burton came round, two for a tenner. I said, yes, please, four. <laughs> we need to do an office podcast, I'm sorry. Well, you're the guy that runs that runs the, the podcast show now. So you set it up. Oh, is that how it's going to be? You go away for two weeks. Well, you can't mastermind like one of the best podcasting hosting things in the world and then just yeah, sit you're... back and expect everybody else to create all the shows. What are you, Kathleen Kennedy or something? I know. Sorry about that. But you're, Jeez. yeah, but you're the podcaster. You are the talent. I'm just, the, <laughs> I'm, I'm the ranter. Like I'm Gareth, you're Brent. I'm not going to call ahead. That's what's one of the rules. Can't muck about rules. that. <laughs> <laughs> he forgets I know, I know what hours he works. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. To, to you listening out there that tuned in thinking you were going to get Star Wars. I reckon if you were to break this show down, you've probably got 30% of today at the office. And then the other, I don't know, the other 50% of it is kind of some of the just random bantering. And then there's a little bit of Star Wars news. <laughs> yeah. We should rename it the kind of spark of rebellion. Oh, dude. Can I just throw in there as well? Have you been, have you ever watched that Friday night dinner on channel four? No, no. Right. Watch it to everyone listening to this right now. Get Netflix up, watch Friday night dinner we need to do a Friday night dinner podcast. It is absolutely hilarious. Watch it. Can I only watch it on a Friday night? With your dinner. Is that one of the rules? Sort of one of the rules. <laughs> anyway. I would have said sorry. There we go. Oh, Anyways, let's we're done for episode 30. That's it. Thank you. So <laughs> you're grumpy now. Look, fine. Yeah, you've, put, you've done this to me. 
<laughs> Look, like some kid out of a horror movie. Don't make me do this, Deborah. <laughs> Can I get Jenny, Jennifer Taylor Clark down here in a minute? No, because oh, I'm scared. Pack of balls. That's her face. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of it. <laughs> God. Right. Come on, uh, guys, wrap it up. Come on, this is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. That's it. I'm just going to ignore you now. This is it for episode 30. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been awesome, as always, talking through. And we don't we don't skimp on the hard issues. We talk about the deep stuff to do with Star Wars. It's all good. Um, as I said earlier, jump over to patreon.com forward slash spark of rebellion anyone that enjoys what we do here we'd love your support we feed it all back into the show to make sure we produce quality content for you guys and thank you so much to our current patrons who are uh, supporting us thus far thank you very much Uh, we're also on all of the podcast networks just do a search for spark of rebellion you can find us on there drop a sub so that you don't miss the show when that lands every weekend and also we're on the socials instagram twitter and facebook spark of rebellion you'll find us on there search for lurgo uh, it's the same across all of them. Uh, drop us a like and a follow over there. We will see you next week. Well, I might be back, depending on how Mark feels next week. I might be back for episode 31. Um, or it could be Mark. Um, uh, but yes, it's been great talking Star Wars with you, dude. As always, Brad, good to be back. Oh, it's good to have you back. Um, this is a bloke that took my job. So, all right, fine. No, it's good to be back. I like chatting. It's, it's, it's never quite the same. It's always good fun, but it's never quite the same, guys. Never quite the same, mate. I love the, we, the generic podcast statement there. I love chatting. Yeah, we have a, have a little little bit of a banter. Love chatting. Love chatting. Love uh, still doing my walks on men cap. More of the, got more of these. Uh, nice. I love that. That is an interesting one. Like a generic podcast statement. That's so, I love chatting. Yeah, of course you do. Of course, of course you, you do. do. It's the nature of the job. Yeah, it's the <laughs> only thing you do. In all seriousness, though, thank you uh, very much to uh, DJ Trev that jumped on last week. It was very cool listening to you put up with Mark and uh, talk Star Wars. It was very, very cool. So next week, we'll be back for episode 31. Take care of yourselves and may the force be with you always. <laughs>